yo, 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 what's good, y'all? I gotta be straight up honest with y'all. I, I got some spunk in me today. I don't know what it is. Um, I'm super excited to talk to y'all. And uh, we'll get into it in a second. But yeah, I, I'm just super excited to get on the microphone and talk that shit. Um, so yo, listen, check it out. You are listening to Behind the Baller Podcast. This is episode nine. I am your host, Ben Baller. Also known by my government name, Ben Yang. I am London Yang's father. London Asher Yang. That is my firstborn son's name. London, happy birthday, baby boy. I hope one day you listen to this, maybe six, seven years from now when you kind of understand what's going on in the world and know that I love you so much and what we've gone through and all just the tribulations you've had and, and just the struggles with your health and everything. And man, this is crazy. Um, we're going to get into that in a second. Um, in today's episode, we are going to talk about, obviously, London Yang, Kobe Bryant, can't believe he's gone, um, no COVID talk, Rose McGowan, who the fuck hurt that bitch? Ice Cube starting to get a little too crazy. Um, trial and error. Man, titles don't mean that much. The Lakers are starting to kind of come back. Uh, obviously, a little bit about the hobby. Selling Sunset. Finally started watching that show. The new Batman trailer uh, took the Senna to Malibu. And, um, you know, just more shit talking. We got fan questions. Yo, man, Mouse, let's get into this motherfucking show. So, eight years ago today, my firstborn son, London Asher Yang, was born. You know, I'll never forget, we're at Hollywood Presbyterian Hospital, right there in Hollywood. London was born in Hollywood. You know, it's a Korean-owned hospital, which is kind of crazy, whatever, but it just happened to be that way. And, you know, I was nervous. I was, um, shit, I was 39 years old, 39 and a half, and I was like, man, about to have a son, my firstborn, I can't wait. You know, it was just a crazy-ass fucking night. And uh, I'll never forget the doctor, the OBGYN that delivered the baby. Um, He actually delivered all three of my kids. His name is Dr. Medrano. He pulled up in a motherfucking Harley Davidson. I was like, yo, this motherfucker's crazy. And uh, Nicolette got induced. And I was kind of hyped because I was like, yo, man, today's Kobe's birthday. You know what I'm saying? And I'd, I'd love for London to share the same birthday as Kobe. And sure enough, um, you know, it's starting to get late. And um, right around like 11... 11.45 or so, Nicholas started getting contractions and everything else. And then, um, you know, we didn't know, you know, most people going to labor for hours and hours and whatever. And uh, finally, Nicolette was like, shit, man, you know, like um, her water broke. And uh, I remember my mom and my father-in-law going to watch a movie in the lobby or in like the waiting room. And they left just for a little bit. They just barely figured out what movie they're going to watch and everything. And next thing you know, London pops out. The only problem is, Seven minutes had passed, and uh, it was super fast. Like, she was, Nick was in labor for, like, fucking 10 minutes. And um, London popped out, and I never cried like that in my life. Not at no funeral, not at nothing, not at anything I could think of in my life have I ever cried like that. In fact, I cried like that with all three kids. Um, but uh, we're going to talk about London right now. And uh, if you guys know 
um, around 15 months into London's life, we discovered that he had asthma. We didn't know what was going on. Just, um, you know, he's very, he liked to walk around. He liked to talk his shit. He liked to babble a lot and everything else. And then we realized that he, well, we didn't even know, but he had severe allergies. The allergies were so severe that, um, and it's hereditary. It sucks. It runs on my family. You know, my nephews had really bad allergies and stuff. And like, you know, they end up at the ER and things. And, and not that you want to beat that and compete with that. And me and my brother are very competitive, but it was like, this was like the last, this is like the thing I did not want to win. And uh, one day I'm in New York City and me and Nick Litch went, just went through a snowstorm. Like we were lucky to land. We're the only plane that landed. Everything's canceled. And um, Nicolette's mom hits us up and says, hey man, watch this video. And it shows London just kind of laying in the corner. He's not doing shit. He's just like kind of whimpering almost. And I was like, yo man, you got to take him to the ER. And so he took him to the ER or whatever. And they said, oh, you know, there's nothing we could really do. I don't know what the fuck was going on. But finally, I was like, no, you need to go back. Like, so they go back, take him, um, come to find out uh, he's having a hard time breathing. His saturation level is really low. And we didn't really know what to do. We thought he had asthma attack or something. And um, when I get back, you know, uh, he's starting to have these attacks every few weeks. We don't know what's going on. Come to find out he's allergic to a dog. Nicolette has four dogs. And um. There was just all kinds of issues that were coming up and it would just get worse and worse. And, uh, you know, to this day, in the last year, I think London's been at the hospital once, but for a good six years of his life, London probably spent 200 nights in the ER, um, two separate times in ICU. Uh, one time during when he was in ICU, he went from ICU to sudden death watch. And, uh, it's funny because we're not talking about COVID on this episode really, but um, you know, when you see these people with their saturation, the oxygen levels, you know, and um, his shit would start tripping. You know, if you're below 95 and you're a kid, so you know, an adult, a kid, anybody, but you know, a kid should, you know, he should be at like 96, 97, not bad. You know, he should be 98, 99, 100 all day long. And um, London would get down to like 88, 89 and doctors, respiratory therapists that would you know, that help us out. The therapist would be like, yo, man, I don't really, you know, we don't really see these numbers like at this low, especially with the kid. He's the first and it would get low. And so when you see COVID, you know, after, you know, when you're like in 92, 90, 91, 91, they're like, hey, you, know, you should call the ER. You should call 911. You should call the hospital and call the, um, the ambulance, you know, boom, depending on your conditions. You know, that's bad. So when you're talking about COVID and you see motherfuckers have 50, 30 there's people who've told me, doctors told me they've seen a zero. Like, you know, you're dead at 70. At 80, you're dead. You know, so see 50 and see like, you know, to have a, a ventilator and all this shit that's going on. Anyways, man, can't even imagine the amount of hospital visits and everything else. We just couldn't. We were like, yeah, but we got to get this shit fixed and starting to see different allergists and starting finally, um, we found a good one. And uh, we found somebody who can cure him of his peanut allergies, which could kill him. He's anaphylactic, you know, so he... um started treatment and then fucking COVID hit. So we got to reset that whole fucking thing. But anyways, um, those are just the crazy parts of his life. Uh, for London's first birthday, rented out the entire penthouse of Mr. C hotel where I had Kaya's first birthday. Um, we went big, like super big. And it was so funny cause we had gone so big. It's funny. Um, that dude, Manny Coachman, who I haven't figured out exactly if he's a hundred percent fraud. He just do creeps me out. And, um, he completely bit the entire theme of what we did. And I'm sure people saw it, whatever, boom. But we did something I've never, ever thought about doing, you know, a lot of things. 
but it was my firstborn son. You know, I bought him all the Gucci outfits and all that shit. And then you realize, all right, this is stupid as fuck. It's not about wasting money or anything. It's, or if you got it, it's just like, it's, it was, I mean, I do a lot of things that are unnecessary in life, but you realize like, okay, you know, on your first kid, you're like, oh shit. Then you start to figure out the second. If you have a third, you really understand what the fuck is going on. And um, don't get me wrong, he's done it. And London went to fucking the Philippines. He went to Cabo, Hawaii, you know. He flew with us, you know what I'm saying? Had a passport early. He went to Cabo a few times. And, you know, he experienced Philippines on some, you know, God-level shit and everything. And, you know, he's our firstborn son. He's a kuya. He's a young And opa. And he's an, an just incredibly brilliant kid. Extremely smart. Um, my son is extremely tall for his age. He's the average height of a 10-year-old. And uh, he just had very late developments and um, especially social cues and things like that. So, you know, we had gone through a lot of struggles outside of because of his health issues, you know, and, and doctors wouldn't believe us. We're like, hey, man, um, you know, we were, he had so many. You know, you tell somebody the kid goes to hospital like, you know, 10 times, 20 times. All right, cool. You tell them they go 100, like, okay, come on. No, no, he's been admitted over 100 times. And this is like, you know, by the time he's four or five. You know, and then they check his, you know, they see his hospital records and like, holy, what the fuck? And um, there's so many different random hours of the days, you know, the pediatrics would be changed all the time. And, um, we would just see different people. So we'd have to tell the story all the time. With that said, London didn't really have a lot of friends. And, uh, you know, my brother-in-law's friends have kids and he has, we have other friends who have kids, but just, you know, he was getting sick so much, we didn't really want to have him around anybody. So for the first four years of his life, London probably came into contact with less than 15 children in his life, period. Like, you know, these are the times where you should be, he should be out there having fucking fun with everyone. Besides his brother, you know, he didn't really see anybody. So, you know, he had, um, he just, it was late. London, Ryder had no issues, you know what I'm saying? Ryder's a social butterfly, he's crazy, he's, you know, he spits, he's speaking early and everything. And London didn't start talking until really late, like really, really late. So, you know, there's just been a lot of things going on and we've been dealing with that, but it is a glorious day. London is back on his gangster shit. He is a Roblox fiend. He is uh, just, again, very smart. He's um, very sensitive. He's a perfectionist. And uh, there's a lot of things I see in me that I see in him. And uh, thank God for my wife's good looks, because that's why London, Ryder, and Kai are so good looking. I don't know what they say Kai looks like me, but I'm starting to see her like change. Because, you know, baby faces change. When you have your first kid, you'll realize like, you know, when the fuck, you kind of see the kids like face, you really see, okay, well, five months, six months, 10 months, one year, two year, three, and even at four or five, the cha face changes like completely. Like, okay, look, but I mean, they really change. So just know that. Even though I knew Kai looked like me, I didn't want her to look like me. That's like the last thing I want her to look like. Uh, she, she's becoming so much cuter and everything. But back to London, man, it's, it's gonna be great. Um, I got him a shit ton of Roblox. I got London an iPad for himself, and um, we got a bunch of stuff, man. We got a bunch of, like, jungle gym things and shit, and we're going to take off out of town um, and celebrate for, like, four days uh, down south. And, uh, yeah, man. But, you know, again, 824 ended up being, you know, a great thing because 24, kind of significant. It was my freshman football number. Um, obviously, 42 is, is my shit. But because Kobe was eight and 24, it's kind of dope. You know what I'm saying? And today is the national holiday. Oh, well, I'm sorry. The holiday in Orange County recognized for Kobe Day. And, uh, you know, y'all already know. I mean, I spoke about Kobe. That was one of the first. In fact, that was the first emergency podcast episode that I did. You know, just randomly, I will think about Kobe. And I'll just think like, damn, man, 
this is fucking crazy. You know, I cannot believe he's fucking dead. And you think about it, like, of all fucking things, you know, a freak accident, being in a helicopter or something, it's just like, you know, him going on the way to his daughter's game. And just, I don't know, man, this shit is crazy. Um, with that said, uh, my Kobe chain, which has the Kobe logo and then the eight on the other side, because, you know, that's how I knew him and everything else. And, um, you know, I'm going to, um, it's got baguettes. I mean, it's a small chain. It's not super small. So obviously, you know, it's a good size. It's not brolic in any which way, but it's very heavy because it's platinum. It's got all VVS baguettes on it. It's literally for a small piece. This thing is a one of a kind piece. I'm actually going to put it up for auction. I think I might put it on the website. I don't know yet, but, um, I'm going to put it up for auction and I'm going to donate, um, whatever I can from, uh, to the Mamba Academy. And, um, yeah, man. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. Happy birthday. And uh, speaking of my website, uh, I put up some toys this weekend. I put up like a Kaz joint for lower than StockX and lower than all the eBay final prices and everything else and even the listing prices. I put up like six or seven bare bricks. Uh, I put some other uh, action figure toys and everything. And I'm gonna start putting up a lot of smaller Kaz items. The only thing is these smaller Kaz items that I have, I ain't gonna lie to you, they're, they're expensive. I ain't talking about open editions. I'm talking about you know, OG shit, 06, 07, you know, the newest thing being like 2013 or 14. I'm going to try to figure out the open edition shit is just because now the man cave, I just want to clean it up a little bit. I have way too much shit in there. And uh, I just was thinking I got way too much champagne. It's just, I need to start giving some things away. I'm going to start doing more um, uh, sale items from my closet and things like that. And I just want the less is more. Bare brick wall is going to stay for as long as I can for right now. But, um, now into something really terrible, man. This is just crazy, man. Yesterday, um, police in Kenosha, uh, Wisconsin, they shot an unarmed black man by the name of Jacob Blake. They shot this man nine times in the back. And the crazy thing is I heard he died last night, but they're saying, um, I don't, I don't know what the update is, but um, the, some people said he was in ICU, then he was saying he was in surgery and everything else. But then they said he'd end up dying. My issue is, look at beyond fuck the police and, and fuck the Kenosha police. This guy is a father. He had three kids in the car. These kids saw the police shoot their dad on my son's birthday. I'm telling you guys, I have goosebumps from my ankles to my fingertips. I never had goosebumps like this before. Like you, man... Pray for this man, Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake is the black man's name, was a father who is uh, from Kenosha, Wisconsin, and was shot. And uh, I don't know if he's dead, but rest in peace if he is. But if he makes it, I mean, I, man, the video is fucking, it fucked me up. It's This is beyond racism and white supremacy and all this crazy ass shit. I just, again, man, his three sons were in the car when he was just, he just turned his back on these, I mean, fuck, he was breaking up a fight from what I heard. Like, this is the craziest shit. I, I mean, he was shot in broad daylight. I, I don't know, man, like rioting ain't enough. I mean, I, you know what? Again, we really in crazy times, man. And I mean, I, I don't know, election year and all that shit. This is just fucking crazy. So we'll see what happens. But man, justice for fucking Jacob Blake is just fucking terrible. 
fucking election year shit. It's just some weird shit. Uh, politics talk is getting crazy. This shit is getting nuts. Like I look around my neighborhood and thank God that I only see like Biden um, signs and like uh, Black Lives Matters and thing like that, things like that. I don't know what I would do if I saw Trump signs around my neighborhood and all the shit that's going on in Beverly Hills. I can't believe it is actually going down in my hood. Like this is crazy. Like motherfucking fight, people fighting right there on Little Santa Monica Boulevard. Like what the fuck is going on? Oh, I'm sorry, not on main, main Santa Monica Boulevard, which is fucking nuts. And like right there by Beverly, Cannon, Rodeo. It's like, really motherfuckers? This shit is crazy. But, um, you know, Ice Cube is doing a lot of talking lately, right? And understand, I've said this on many different platforms on my, on my blog when I used to blog. Ice Cube is somebody that I idolized for a very long time in my life. When I worked at Priority, I was not, even when I was a VP, I still wasn't like at a level where I could just speak with him and converse with him freely. Me and Master P, we talked a lot, you know? And um, um, Cube, totally different. Now, the crazy part is me and Cube's son are cool. And you know, his son, I mean, obviously a different world that we live in now. And uh, you know, I got some clout and um, you know, I have a, a certain different, obviously I have a way different status in life and uh, another thing too is this, it doesn't matter who the fuck you are. You could be fucking, you know, LeBron, Sha Shaquille. It don't matter who the fuck you are. It could be, I'm trying to think of Chris Ronaldo, fucking Lewis Hamilton. It don't matter who the fuck you are. I'm on nobody's dick. I don't give a fuck. I've worked just as hard as anybody else. I might not have had the exact talent as they did, but when it came to jewelry making and craftsmanship, I am the motherfucking, you know, Michael Jordan, Kobe of all that. But that's beyond the point, you know, because I wear a lot of different hats. What I'm getting at is no man, no grown man should be on any other man's dick. You could, you could respect somebody and admire, you know, somebody for, for what they got and what they've done and their talents, but never for what someone has done um, as far as materialistic possessions and things like that. That's just silly. But going on, Ice Cube was always in my top three greatest lyricist of all time. And this is going back from, you know, 86, 87, early NWA days until, you know, I'd say about 94. After 94 or so, he was still rapping his ass off, but like it just wasn't as, you know, and it was good. It was cool. But anyways, going back, being a huge Ice Cube fan, a lot of the shit that he's talking about right now, and it's, it's of course, Black Lives Matter. He's pro-black, and, you know, he's, he's always been pro-black, and there's been issues with, you know, when he was making songs called Black Korea. Now, I, I, get, it, I get it. Trust me, I do. I addressed it with Korean people. You know what I mean? I was like, yo, you motherfuckers are racist the way you run the liquor stores and everything else. And yes, there's motherfuckers who steal and everything else, boom. But it's like, look, man, look where the fuck you guys are at. It's like, could you imagine being in a place where motherfuckers don't have any money and this and then you're in a low-income area and you're selling liquor and selling fucked up shit? I mean, it, it, I understand everything about it. Now, going on, Cube is talking about, all right, so what do we get as black people? I can't speak for black people at all whatsoever, and it's not about that at all. He's, he's saying, what do we get? What do we get? You know, you're talking about, yeah, anyone but Trump. Okay, fine, fuck. That's going to be done in the first few minutes. Motherfucker, no, it's not. Cube, no, it's not. O'Shea, it's not. Bro, it, Trump's numbers are going back up. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a scrap. It's going to be, there's all kinds of crazy shit going on. There's all kinds of corruption. You couldn't even, no one could fucking pick this. On a guarantee, no way. If someone's life depended on it, something that really meant something to somebody, you could not choose the outcome in the situation. I still think Biden will prevail, but again, I don't know. You know, Trump ain't trying to get out of that White House. You know, he's scared to go to jail. It's true. You know, people are delusional. Again, I have no 
favoritism towards Democrats or to Republicans. If anything, I would be more Republican, like I said, but my actions would be more of a Democrat in certain ways. But, you know, I understand both sides. But with Cube, to say, okay, well, fuck that. We, ain't give, we don't give a fuck. You know, he's got a problem with Biden and whatever. And, and it's like, look, bro, you're telling people, you're, you're giving them the split decision thing. And that split vote is what's going to fuck Biden's chances up. And you're like, you think it's just, you know, all right, well, what do we get? We need to know what are we going to get before they value your vote. No, hold on, bro. And I get it. Okay. And I understand because I don't represent the black people, but I do also have to understand what Trump has done to this country. We have never been this fucked up socially, economically, every which way. And that doesn't even go just for black clothes, for Asian, Latino, anything. It goes for fucking white people. There's never been so much fucking separation ever in all my life of growing up since I was a kid and everything else, you know. Some things like, oh, you know, you could sweep it under the rug. And again, I get it. There's some things that need to come to light and be addressed. And I get that too. But right now, the anger, the unrest, the all types of shit going on. Cube, man, you tripping right now, bro. You're fucking butt. And homie, no offense. You know, when people come to me like, hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? I do what I can. Bro, Cube, you're worth $300 million, bro. You're worth $300 million. Bro, you have been wealthy since 94, 95. You were out of your bullshit with NWA and everybody. All that bullshit had left you and you were already making money at 88. Yes, you got fucked over a couple times, whatever. Come 95, bro, you were already paid. Like you never saw. And again, bro, that's 25 years. And I get, look, you've seen your people get fucked over here and there. And I understand that. But it's great to be the voice and be militant and everything, right? But bro, you have single-handedly have enough wealth by yourself to do way more than telling people that, all right, well, find out what they're going to do for us first. You know what I'm saying? Make them earn your vote. And it's like, hold on, bro. You don't like Trump, right? And you, well, you hate Trump and you don't like Biden. And again, the, the split vote is where y'all miss me with this shit, okay? But what I got to ask people is, would you rather lose your hair? Okay, and you, you go bald, or you go like, you know, you got the Mr. Burns haircut, okay? Or would you rather lose your legs? That's, that's where we are with this, okay? With Biden, you're gonna lose your hair, all right? With Trump, you're gonna lose your legs. Now, of course, you'd rather not lose anything, but what's more important to you? Does that make sense to you guys? And that's straight up truth. Now, Rose McGowan, who I don't know, and Alyssa Milano got into a beef, you know, heated fucking argument about Rosemary. Like, what has Democrats done for us? Blah, blah, whatever. And Alyssa tried to pull out some heat, whatever. And they did a show together. I actually... <sighs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I didn't I mean, I can't believe I just... I'm about to force cut myself and, and something I didn't really want to get into. Shut. You know what? I could hear Jordan's voice. Fuck it, just say it. Um, I had a crush on Alyssa Milano for a long time. When she was on the TV show, Who's the Boss and all that, I, I had a crush on Alyssa, like, you have no idea. And then she became full-blown hot, like, from 15, 16. I mean, she was cute as hell in her early teens and everything else, whatever. We're the same age. She might be a few months older than me. When I was, like, 20, let's see, 97, so I was 24. I went on a date with Alyssa, and then I went on a date with her roommate. Very weird things, I don't know, whatever. Anyways, going on, I know Alyssa Milano. 
Um, she's always been cool as fuck and everything, whatever. What does this guy do with anything? It's just more about this Trump or Democrat shit and everything. And, and for Rose McGowan to say the same shit that Cube is saying in a different way. And she's like, look, what have Democrats ever done? You know, blah, blah. This is fucking karma for all the bullshit. Biden's a rapist, all this other stuff, boom. And that's why we got Trump because of this. Okay, you stupid ass, dumb ass bitch. So because Democrats fucked up, they deserve to have Trump. So that means now, because of all this shit, you got to sit in there. And ever since the Weinstein thing, and again, I can't ever, ever imagine being raped and being anything else. What I can say is there's a lot of women out there who had it way worse than you. How do you know? Blah, blah, whatever. Blah. Look at, I get it. Some people, if you throw a fucking 10 pound fucking barbell at them or a 10 pound fucking little weight plate at them, you know, most people be like, oh no, that don't feel like shit. And then one person might be like, oh my God, that hurt me so bad. She's that girl. You know what I'm saying? And like, there's definitely people that Harvey terrorized. And, you know, I told you, I knew, you know, I see dude at parties. I knew about dude, you know, he was a piece of shit. Everyone knew in Hollywood that he was a piece of shit. And ever since then, you know, she's been, you know, obviously fueling the whole fucking Me Too thing. The only thing is, of course, not everyone's going to be right and everyone's going to be, you know, honest or whatever. And there's Me Too movements that have been, you know, or, or claims and accusations that have been false. And, you know, she's just, she's just gone on some whole other shit. Like, she, there's no point of return with her. She is going to die being just a fucking like this, this, jeez, I, I couldn't, could you fucking imagine just being her friend? Like I'm talking about someone who gets coffee with her and just imagine being, but worse, imagine being her lover, you know what I'm saying? And just be like, 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 fuck, can you imagine just a fucking night? Let me see your phone. Let me, where are you going? But just questioning shit all the time and everything just, Man, at some point, you got to just sit back, take three deep breaths and be like, yo, fuck this. I'm not dealing with this shit. And again, whether you hear me rant on this, this is therapeutic for me. When I'm out and about, I don't really say as much. You know, I really don't want, I mean, as much as I talk shit and everything, you know, I'll back up any shit that I need to say. If I'm, you know, someone comes to me and acts stupid, I mean, you know, the old Ben comes out. But I really don't, you know, just behave I don't know, man. It's just, it would be fucking exhausting to be Ben Baller 24 hours a day. And it's just like, Rose, man. God damn, there's just so many other, I know women like her. And again, it's a lot of pain, but why not, not, don't tell me it's therapeutic for you to sit here and make crazy ass fucking tell people what to do with the platform you're on and be on this soapbox with that bullshit propaganda you're spitting. Why not try to go get help and try to get healed by, with other shit? You know, again, it's just, she just says the craziest shit. And like, no, there's no fucking Trump going to office and for bad. And this is what you get. And fuck all that. That's just fucking stupid, man. Um, Kim Jong-un is saying he's in a coma. And I know a while back they said he was dead and or he was fucking on his deathbed or something. Or he died. I don't know what the fuck they said. And now um, he's signed the power over to his sister. Who, who fucking cares, man? And I'm South Korean. You know what I'm saying? My, my dad was fucking born in Pyongyang, North Korea. It was, it was Korea. It wasn't even North Korea back then. You know, my dad was friends with Kim Jong-un's fucking grandfather. My dad was friends with Kim Il-sung, you know, and my dad knew Kim Jong-il. It wasn't, wasn't like they weren't homies or nothing, but, you know, that's some crazy shit. And like, I don't give a fuck. Like, dude, they need to fucking take over North Korea, reunify North and South, 
and take care of all the communism and the fucking poverty and everything over there, man. If you guys even knew how bad it is there, you guys don't get it. in 2020, 99% of the country of North Korea have never seen the internet, never seen the television before, except for, I mean, I'm talking about like, they only see propaganda. They don't know who Michael Jackson is. They don't know who, fuck, Justin Bieber is. They don't know who Neymar is. They don't know nothing. They have never seen shit. Like, I can't explain to you. There's no fucking grocery store. There's no McDonald's in North, North Korea. This is a whole different level of, they're the last remaining radical communist country. And again, how would I know? Because my dad has been there fucking 50, 60 times, you know? Um, my biological father is obviously, you know, on his way out. He's very old. I don't know the last time he went there. Me and my father don't really speak like that. But that country needs to be turned the fuck over. And one day I will get into it a little deeper and break down some of the shit that had happened and everything. I, I, I know I've spoke about it, but I'm talking about like, if you listen to that K-Pod episode that me and my sister did, then you'd kind of get a little more... Um, you'd have a better idea of what was going on. But anyways, look, there was this kid that came up to me at this car meet, at his cars and coffee, and he was asking me, he's like, yo, man, do you know this? Do you know that? And he just asked me all these questions. I was like, hey, bro, like, I don't know why you think, like, I would have all these answers, bro. And I just don't. These weren't even questions about cars or jewelry or baseball cards or, which I wouldn't even know. They're just, you know, I know general business. And he just had questions that were like, I was like, bro, man, dog, I, I, don't, I don't know. And um, he was like, well, then who does? And I was like, bro, I don't, I don't know. I don't know who does and I don't know. So I, you know, but I did say to him and which I want to say to my listeners here, it's okay to not have all the answers. Even if you're a father, I know you want to and you want to, you know, to lead your children in the right direction. You know, when it comes to the important part, I'm sure between right and wrong, morals, um, you know, loyalty, things like that, the basic stuff, love, you know, I mean, you know, until you get to relationships and dating and stuff, you know what I mean? You know, those I get, but to not have all the answers to whatever it may be, to a scenario, um, crazy situation, how to react to someone disrespectful, certain things. Look, man, not everyone is going to have an answer or the answers or the answer you want or whatever. That's why trial and error is the most fucking important thing in the world. You gotta have that, you gotta go try something out. And if that shit fails, you gotta go back to the drawing board and you gotta keep going at it until you fucking find. And, and or you can choose to walk away, you know? Um, depending on how bad you want it would determine how bad or, you know, how soon you'd walk away, how long you withstand it. And it just depends. Some people do want things really, really badly. And some of those people aren't going to get what they want. And at the same time, not getting what you want could sometimes be a wonderful stroke of luck. I just want to tell you guys that not everyone is going to fucking have the answers. Um, I want to say something real quick before we get into the fan questions. Um, titles at companies. You know, like, oh, I'm the director of fucking development and this, and I'm the fucking, I'm the new age. This, listen, all that shit is horse shit. Sorry. Just to get motherfuckers in line, try to follow protocol. You know, I'm the vice president of this. I'm the fucking president of this. I'm the fucking, you got 17 fucking vice presidents in a, you know, in a small company. You know, it has like fucking 200 employees. Why the fuck you got 17 vice presidents? The fuck? Then you got the major companies. I'm the VP of development. I'm the VP of this. I'm the VP of VPs. Like, man, look, 
I used to get caught up in it. It used to make me feel a lot better to have a title on a business card and everything else. And, you know, especially when it's earned. And don't get me wrong. If that's an accomplishment to you and that's a milestone, cool. Just understand now that I own a lot of my companies, I have placed myself with either no title or I've even placed myself and said I'm the vice president of this or I'm the fucking director of marketing, whatever else, just to show people I don't really give a fuck. Because people walk in and be like, who's the boss? Be like, I don't know. You know, I mean, I don't know who the boss is. Because usually when someone says some stupid shit like that, they want to talk to somebody about a proposal with some bullshit or they think they're too fucking important or whatever. Look, man, you're going to know or you should know if you're in front of the right person. And if you don't, then, you know, you obviously weren't supposed to be talking to that person anyways. But I just, I don't get it, man. I just see these people ask me questions like some dude at the cars and coffee meet was like, yo, man, what do you do for a living? Because he had a center too. And he was the only other center but mine. And I was like, oh, I have a podcast. And he's like, really? He's like, you have a podcast? I was like, yeah. And I was going to sit there. This dude's an old ass white man. He wouldn't fucking know any fucking songs about playing. He wouldn't know what Plain Jane was or anything. Or, you know, maybe his sons and then might know some rappers. But I just like, I didn't want to have a conversation with dude. And really at the end of the day, like, who gives a fuck? And like, you know, he was just asking, you know, oh, so motherfucker, don't judge me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm not fucking in, in, you know, in fucking Brooks Brothers clothes or whatever the fuck you wear. You know, I'm not wearing a fucking Tommy Bahamas, Bermuda shorts and shit like that. Like, nah. To tell you the truth, man, if I didn't have any popularity, I don't know if motherfuckers would know if I had paper. Because I sometimes forget to wear my watch, you know, so I don't always wear my earrings. You see me at a Laker game, you're going to think I have some paper, you know, but you see me in a white tee, you know, I might not have, I wore some shorts maybe three, four times in a row, you know, no matter how many clothes I have in the closet, I don't fucking always get fresh all the time. I'm just, I'm just random, you know? So again, with the titles, everything, man, just do what is comfortable for you, man. Again, though, I mean, wash your ass, be decent and all that, you know, don't fucking not take care of yourself hygiene wise. But I mean, sometimes I might just be comfortable and go anywhere. I didn't fart in these motherfucking sweats that many times. I could just wear these, boom. You know, the only thing that's killing me again, and I've said this several times, is not having a manicure and a pedicure and keeping my cuticles suitable, you know. But anyways, look, let's get into these fan questions. I know you guys are tired of talking about this bullshit. Uh, get into some fan questions, and then I got a lot of shit I got to tell you guys. So, yo, Miles, man, hit me up. Actually, you know what? Fuck, Miles. Jordan, you take control for a second, man. Throw on one of them nice little Lakey beats. What up, Lakey? And uh, let's get into these fan questions. Be right back, y'all. going on y'all you were listening to behind the baller podcast and this is the weekend wrap up this is the um part of the month part of the show uh where we do fan questions uh we used to do it every week then we did like every couple weeks and now i'm just doing it once a month because really it became too many of the same questions like you know what i'm saying do you really have a fucking two inch penis of course it's 2.7 inches all that shit just dumbass questions so we kept it to once a month because uh it makes it more special now to interact with the fans and everything else again i really appreciate you guys leaving the five star reviews but uh let's jump into it um doug the thug 88 writes turning ashes into a diamond question mark yo ben my name is doug dixon from northern va from Nor- who the fuck says Northern Vietnam? You from Nova, bro. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Uh, 
Congrats on 100 episodes, such an incredible milestone. My question is, I've heard it's possible to turn remains into a diamond. My longtime girlfriend uh, and I recently lost our dog, and I was curious if you had any advice if I was in the market to getting his ashes turned into a diamond. Do you personally have any experience in this process? Uh, thanks so much for consistency with these podcasts. Keep up the great work. Hashtag, this is not your practice life. Um, Doug, thank you for listening to this show. Um, I'm going to keep this real easy for you. I have zero fucking idea. This is where Google might be your friend and Reddit might not be. And then from there, you would have to seek the next uh, part of assistance where something looked pretty good, you know, on some of the advice and then boom, seek out that person. I'm sorry, it's because I am a jeweler and I do deal with diamonds. I have, I have actually heard, like loosely heard about something like that. I have zero idea. And I wish I could help you. I really do. Uh, Jordan, Mr. Jordan Winter picks these questions out. And we had like 20 something and he picked out like 10 or something. And, and uh, I don't know why he picked out this one. No offense, Doug. But yeah, I have no fucking idea. I, I wouldn't know where to begin. But that'd be fucking cool. Um, I hope you pick, uh, you know, a crazy oval or something different from a round or, you know, or the, or the basic princess and all that. Pick like a fucking, like a, a Marquise diamond or something, man. Rest in peace to your dog. Ron the Nomad writes, two-in-one combo. Hey, Ben, just wanted to say I got my wife hooked onto your podcast. And now whenever you drop an episode, we listen to it together. While we have dinner in the night, it drops. I did have two quick questions for you. Question one, I do see you have the Daft Punk X Bear Brick collab on your wall of Bear Bricks. Do you, do you like Daft Punk or was it just to add to collection? Um... Let me answer that first before I get into the second question. Uh, yeah, I was a big fan of Daft Punk. Even actually before Am was a Daft Punk fan. You know, I don't know if you how big of a Daft Punk fan you are, but obviously um, DJ Am was a huge fan and such a huge fan that um, um, Daft Punk kind of dedicated some shit to him. And they also sent us uh, the original Daft Punk Kubricks before the Bear Bricks ever came out, which was actually an Asian thing that was based out of um, Hong Kong with this guy named TK. Uh, silly little thing. He had actually did those, and but through the estate and through the actual, uh, through actual Daft Punk. But yeah, you know, um, when uh, I forgot what nightclub it was, but on the marquee they put DJ Am one more time, you know, because of Daft Punk. But yeah, I was always a fan of Daft Punk. You know, I fuck with them. And um, fuck, was it Stardust? Nah, what the fuck was a goddamn? Cup? I, you know, I listened to a lot of old school house, you know, and just that not deep house, not techno, things like that. But this was just that was definitely you know. Um, a genre of music that I fuck with definitely heavily. And of course, I fuck with Bear Brick, So, you know, I've, I have every cell. I just don't have the Kubricks anymore, which are worth crazy, crazy money. Okay, so question two. My wife is a massive BTS fan. You put really in parentheses K-pop group. Motherfucker, <laughs> come on, bro. If you know me and you know you follow me, I mean, come on, bro. I was, I'm a good friend of G-Dragons, you know what I mean? And I've been around the K-pop thing for a while. Um, okay, so my wife is a massive BTS fan. And wants to know if you knew uh, them, knew of them, or have any interaction with them. Uh, thanks again, uh, big listener since day one. I've met everybody in BTS a few times. Uh, they invited me to the show at the Rose Bowl. Uh, don't know why I didn't go. One of the um, the dudes who runs the finance, well, he runs like a lot of the sales things for for uh, VVS and for a few of the major brands under the umbrella. Um, this guy Jason. And uh, his wife is a huge BTS fan. I was going give to give her the tickets. Nobody else really that I meet really cares, so it's not really a big deal. But um, Ryder's teacher, his kindergarten teacher, was a big BTS fan, too, so I was going to hook her up with some tickets and stuff. But, um, yeah, you know, um, 
a lot of the K-pop kids, you know, for a while they were they were looking for sneakers. They were looking for like you know they were all it's the same shit. They were like one point they were all Givenchy, Fear of God, Mike Amiri, things like that. You know, Off White, boom, and now it just it switches out. And, you know, all of them become you know pretty big in fashion and stuff and whatever. And um, of course, BTS too. I was gonna make a fucking chain uh, for Namjoon, but it, I just don't know. I never really pursued it. But yeah, I know the dudes. Um, I, I can't really say I'm a fan of their music. I don't really know much about the music. And uh, I really don't care. It's great that they're repping Korea and all that stuff. Right? I just, it's not my thing. Raka Movia. Raka Movia. Writes top notch. Ben Baller. Been binge listening for about a month now. Your podcast plays in the AirPods throughout my entire workday. I admire your outlook on what's. It is to be a dad and taking care of your family. What's the best advice you can give me on how to find the balance between doing what makes you happy and doing what you love? Doing what makes you money and having time for your family. Always been struggling with that. Well, I don't know how old you are, um, but the younger you are, you're going to have to maybe do things that you don't necessarily love or do things that make you happy. You know, people have it fucked up. They think, oh, in your 20s, you should party and fuck around, blah, blah. You know, tell you the truth, I think you should fuck around in your teens and all the other shit. And by the time, you know, you get to like 22, you should kind of stop fucking around. Now, I fucked around a lot here and there, but I'm saying I regret that. And I do. And I had legendary, you know, my most of my Forrest Gump stories are from those, you know, that, that era, my 20s. Um, but... You know, that don't mean that you need to jump into a relationship, get married and everything else, even though I wish I started my life a little earlier with my family and things. But, okay, you need to find out what you're good at first, okay? Just because you love basketball doesn't mean you're going to maybe find a career in basketball and, you know, whatever. And then again, you know, unless you're fucking, you know, an amazing journalist or even a journalist, fuck, unless you're like an amazing fucking you know, uh, you're well-versed and you're like the next Stephen A. Smith or whatever, you know, um, or you're playing professional sports, there might not be much money. And again, this is just an example. You might fucking love pottery making or whatever. I don't know. That don't necessarily mean you're going to make a lot of money. And now again, too, some people aren't, you know, about making money. The only thing is you just asked me what doing what, what makes you money, right? You know, and I think in your twenties, you should definitely try to save, um, because most kids these days don't save and you don't know what the fuck, everything is so goddamn unpredictable and everything's so fickle, everything changes, you know, so fast. It's best to have, you know, an egg, a nest egg, you know what I mean? And just to save. So now, you know, when you get later in life, you know, to your late thirties, your early forties, you know, you better start doing what makes you happy, I think. And, you know, in your 40s, you better start doing things that you love. Now, if you're still stuck in the area where it's like, all right, well, I got no choice. I got to do this, this, and this. And, you know, it makes me okay money. Hey, man, you know, a little bit of time in the day, you know, this is where you sacrifice your sleep. You know, you're working a job, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. And then let's say you have a kid and you have a wife or somebody, you got to come home. You know, you try to have your discussion. You talk about your day, find out what's up with her day, whether or not... You know, you're up to it. I mean, the social interaction is, is important and communication is important and uh, spending time with your kid. And if you don't have any kids, you know, then cool. But, you know, trying to have that communication. And then, you know, when you're going to go to sleep and if you're exhausted, try to not necessarily rack your mind. I mean, if, if, if rest makes you feel better, cool. But with me, man, I try to figure out, all right, well, how am I going to change this? 
How am I going to better my day tomorrow? How can I be better today than I was yesterday? How can I be better tomorrow than I was today? How can I be a better man, a better person, a better at what I do next week than I was this week? And that's all you got to do is look for forward progress. You know, um, I do think in some ways when you do figure out those things and you figure out a life hack or you figure out a job hack or a career hack, and I'm just using that as a slang, not necessarily hack, but you know, you figure out a way to like progress. That should make you happy, you know? And again, when you have money, it's not everything, but what it does is it provides convenience. And when you have convenience, you know, that should provide a little less stress and a little more happiness. Again, I had said, I think two episodes ago, people think I'm mad and here and there. I haven't been mad in a long time. I'm actually not mad. I have a backwards sense of, um, uh, back, I have backwards sense. You know, like I might punch somebody in the mouth the same day I win a lottery. Like I said, I might scream at somebody after something great had happened. It's not that I'm mad or anything else. It's just how, you know, my brain is is programmed incorrectly, I think. You know, maybe it's correctly. I don't know. It's, it's incorrect. I'm, something's wrong with me for sure. But again, man, being happy is priceless. There is nothing that can 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 beat the, defeat that. And as I'd said before, I feel like if I had stayed in Koreatown and I worked, a certain, if all I knew was that, you know, I, I was in a very simple life and I was happy and I didn't have too many complicated things going on in my life. I even thought um, yesterday at dinner, I was like, damn, you know what? I used to eat at this little Japanese restaurant in Glendale, California, and it was just like whatever. It was just, you know, it was just edible, cool food, but it was the, the company and everything was cool and life was so much simpler and things were easy. I didn't get stopped to ask nothing. It was just really just chill. I made my jewelry and I just kind of did my thing. And, um, you know, I miss that. It's too late for all that now. You know, I, I am where I am. And I'm, my strategy right now is to figure out how to walk away from all this. And uh, I don't, cause I don't give a fuck about likes. I don't give a fuck about none of that. I don't care if you guys like me or not. Of course, you know, of course, you know, I mean, I, I love having a popular podcast and the show's doing well and everything, but I mean, it's not to where I'm going to ask anybody for a favor, beg anybody for anything and become thirsty or something like that. You know, I work so hard that I don't need to do something like that. I shouldn't have to, especially when you did put in the work. You know, if I have to prove myself every single fucking day all over again, yo, I'm in the wrong place. Like, fuck that. I'm not trying to become a billionaire. I'm not trying to be the coolest in this. It's just, you know, um, but again, going back, balance is important. You never want to be 70, 30 in anything. You never want to be 60, 40. You know, actually, 60, 40 is not bad. I'm not going to lie to you. Even 70, 30, if that, that's what happens, boom. It's when motherfuckers are 85, 15, 99, 1. But again, try to figure out, you know, are you making the most money that you can be making? Okay. Now, what do you got to sacrifice? Health, stress, happiness. All right. Is that worth it? I'm going to tell you me personally, no. But there are ways to where you could have your money work for you. Again, like stocks and things. You know, I hate to say it, but I wish I did put more money in Tesla stock. I could have put as much money as my boy Paul did and had made, you know, over a million dollars on it. And that had just been another thing that I had to just, you know, fall back on. So I don't know if that really directly answered your question, but I hope it answered a lot of, uh, you know, because, you know, family does come first, but at the same time with the sacrifice of if you don't provide, then, you know, they don't have a better life. And it's a tough struggle. So I hope you figure that out. I don't know how old you are, because you know that, that I mean if we mean you had a direct conversation, we can kind of, you know, get more specific.
Rithita7 writes, my go-to podcast, hey Ben, been a fan of you, your story, your hustle for years, I respect your honesty about COVID from the beginning, I'm 24, I live in LA, I've been following quarantine rules because I live with my parents, six months of quarantine, I'm itching to get out to see friends, but I'm with you and I can't risk that 1% of getting my parents sick, what do you think of all the young people in LA going on trips out with each other? Am I just letting social media get to my head? Sometimes I feel like I'm missing out on my 20s and what my 20s are supposed to be. But then again, quarantine has been good because I've been studying to build a side hustle and investing. What are, uh, Rathita? Uh, yeah, it's funny you said that because um, I just talked about that in the 20s, right? You know, people are doing that, supposed to be having fun. Now, six months of any age, um, I think under the age of 35, it, it sucks. You know, for me, I'm like, fuck, man, you know, I'm just chilling anyway. This is like real super chill time, even though I've been busy as fuck. You know, I think you feel how you should feel. It does suck. And um, the ones that are going out on trips, cool, man, you know, whatever. I don't think that you can't not go out on a trip. I think you could rock a mask and wear a shield if you're going to be around people. Boom. And I think you could still rock a mask and take a road trip somewhere. I don't know about getting on a plane necessarily, you know, even wearing a mask. It's just kind of like, I don't know. But again, man. You know, I'm not here to tell you not to live your life. You should go live your life, especially if you're healthy. But then again, if you come back and your parents are in their 60s or whatever, or they're, you know, I assume they're over 50 and, um, you know, any of them may be overweight or had diabetes or anything, you know, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fucked up situation, man. I wish, I wish I had a, a better, you know, solution for you, but I think in order for you to let some steam out of your head and, and, and kind of, I mean, if you have a girl shit or if you have a boyfriend, I don't know if you're a boy or girl. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that's important. You know, I think getting laid is definitely important. You know, again, you got to be safe. This is a fucked up situation. You could easily get fucking, you know, COVID through that too. Um, but fuck man, I don't know. But I do think, you know, a, a trip to the beach at least, maybe just driving down the coast with the windows down or maybe go to the beach and figure out how to fucking just stay the fuck away from everybody. I don't know, man. Uh, getting some coffee, I mean, or something with somebody and wearing a mask and staying far away. I think you'd be straight, man. You'd be all right. But you're acting the way you should act and we're just all in a fucked up situation. There's really not much we could do. Um, Jay Wersch, W-R-S-C-H, I guess, Jay Wersch, says day one listener. Uh, hey, Ben, big big fan of yours since the first episode. I just had a quick question. If I want to invest in gold, what's the best way? Physical bullion, gold ETFs, preferably a method that's relatively liquid. Thanks so much. I'm not really into ETFs or gold stocks and things like that. Um, I've had a, um, I didn't realize how, you know, how, until recently, like I'd say up till maybe two years ago, I didn't realize how hard it was for people to go get Swiss bars, pant bars, gold coins, things like that, bullion. I've always thought it was the best way because it was, it was tangible, it was in my hand, I felt it, boom. You know, having a, a thousand one ounce coins is uh, something that that's I've just stacked for so many fucking years. I mean, I, if you can, yeah, you know, um, getting a bar is fucking amazing. You know, I think when I was selling, you know, I would sell a kilo bar for like fucking 30 grand and it's shit's like way more than that now. It's like, you know, again, it's not like, I guess it's not stocks or anything, but it's like if you have enough kilos and, and gold and everything, and depending on what you're trying to save for, Money is different for everyone. Some people, 5G is a lot. Some people, 20,000. Some people, 100,000 is a lot. But if you can, I think that's the best way. Now, as far as trying to get it, that's a whole different ballgame because gold refineries, as I said before, are running out of gold. They don't have anything. Um, eBay is tricky. There's not something like Coinbase where you could just go buy 
I mean, again, Acre Gold is good. I mean, I've actually bought coins off of eBay just because I was looking one day and I seen a dude slip up and he had to honor his thing. And I know he didn't want it because the buyer can really, you know, you let negative feedback fuck you up, especially when you, you have one person say, oh man, this dude didn't honor his word. Some people really don't, you know, update their, their coins. Now remember, a one ounce coin, let's say gold's 1900 a one ounce coin is not going to be $1,900. I always know that, you know, anything under like, you know, 150 bucks above spot is going to be good. You know, you're paying a premium for the coins. So if you could find, if, if gold's 1900 and you find a coin for 2000 or so, that's a cool ticket right there. Boom. But then again, you're banking, all right, is it going to go down? Is it going to go up? You know, again, I haven't really, besides the stuff that we have to buy for the store and for, for my business, you know, I haven't bought coins in bars um, over $1,600 an ounce for personal. Uh, the last time I bought coins, I bought 200 coins and it was, I bought them at um, $1,250 an ounce. So uh, I wish I had an easier way. And again, now too, it's not the same thing, man. You know, if you pay cash, you're going to pay more money now, like actual cash. Now, if you write a check, they're good. But you know, people, you can't, that day's over where you're washing cash with, with the gold. It's, they don't do that no more. So good luck, man. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, BBDDP question, uh, Johnny Jack P. What is Ben's Korean name? Thank you. Have a blessed day, uh, John Park. Uh, Ben's Korean name is Chidong. Um, yeah, Yang Chidong. And that is my Korean name. K-Town Destroyer. Uh, Mui21 writes, K-Town Destroyer. What do you like better, the Senna or the Pista? Oh, well, you know, it's really not a fair comparison. Pista is, is, is nice. I was one of my favorite cars ever. It looks great. It's great. But it, it's, it's great, again, for a, you know, $450,000 car. It drives really good. It's fast. Um, again, I know my car is twin turbo, but it's just I'm not really big on them. But you know, they really figured it out. Um, on a one to ten, now that you know I have this car, you know I could really give a Senna. I mean, I could get really give the Pista, you know, like an eight and a half out of a ten. You know, and I give the 720s maybe like a seven, seven and a half maybe. You know, um, I don't. You know, there, there's very few cars I could think of that I owned that were above the the eight and a half mark. You know, the Pista is right there at the eight, eight and a half. Now again, I'm sorry, let me take that back. The GT3 RS would be eight and a half, nine easily. It just didn't have enough power. GT2 RS would be an eight, eight and a half because uh, obviously I love the National Aspirator more than I love the twin turbo. It just didn't, I don't know what, well on this one, it just didn't just completely defeat the three RS. But now the Senna, the Senna's a 10, man. It is literally the greatest car I've ever driven. I've driven, you know, P1, LaFerrari, um, 918. Uh, I drove a LaFerrari for like an hour. So, you know, I was on the road and everything. P1, I drove for like 20 minutes. I think I hit a good big spurt for like 125. Um, 918, I drove a little bit. I owned a Carrera GT. I've driven many Bugattis. Um, again, a Bugatti just feels like a really fast Bentley. I've said that before. The Senna is just, it's really a dream, man. You know? I hit a buck fucking uh buck eighty something and that motherfucker was tits. I had a buck fifty-five today in like a semi, like it was a, it was not, not even a big stretch and I could have easily pushed it more. I had just like a real small open spot between uh if you guys are from California or LA or anything, between White Oak and Balboa in that little stretch. In fact, I'm sorry, 
yeah, no, White Oak Melboa, I'm sorry. Between White Oak Melboa, I hit like a, a 145 and I could have easily hit more. I just slowed down fucking around. Just the, the handling on the center is just unfucking believable The only thing, not even my 675 LT turned like this. The GT3 RS is the only thing that felt this good. The 2RS felt pretty good too. But the, the Senna is just literally incredible. It is the most fucking insane car. It's just, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more in a second um, when I get into the outro of the show. But thanks, Mui. Appreciate it. MacDank415 writes, since day one, I'm interested in buying and investing in a few Takeshi Murakami art pieces. Never bought any art before, but I'm really drawn to the investment aspect. Can you recommend some legit galleries, auctions, where I may purchase a few pieces? Um, first off... Uh, you know, Kai Kai Kiki Gallery is closed, but I do think they still have some pieces. Now, I don't know what you're talking about. Are you talking about prints? Are you talking about lithographs? Are you talking about paintings? Because um, there's Perotin, there's obviously uh, Gagosian. Those are all, you know, Gagosian and obviously Perotin are, are, are two. With Perotin, I think you can buy lithos and maybe some prints. Gagosian is going to be paintings, uh, bigger shit. And um, if I were you, I would not buy prints. Uh, I would try to go for lithographs and uh, I would try to go for the rare, the, you know, the lower edition number would be what you want to do depending on the edition and uh, a painting. I don't know what kind of bread you have, but if you could buy painting shit, man, you, you know, you kill it. I would avoid anything super popular. Um, well, of course you want something pop, but I mean like popular, like where it's like some print shit, you know, whatever. The BLM thing was definitely, you know, that was, that was a good investment, you know, just to spend 800 bucks or something, especially went to a good cause and went with the charity. And then the fact that, you know, they're worth like two G's and they'll go up. Um, I don't know. JR28, this dude wrote a fucking gang of numbers. Random thought. Did you have any part with Rocky and Tyler's friendship where it is today? I actually had zero part in it. The only thing that is weird is that every time I'm with Rocky, he is either talking to Tyler or he'll call Tyler just to see me and him fight. And he'll just do it so that me and Tyler get into a fucking fight over the phone. And then when Tyler's around, he just can't fucking relax. We just get into a fucking argument or super shit because I sent him a bunch of dick pics and all kinds of crazy shit and he gets mad about it. And then he tries to tell like everyone in fucking AUG or ASAP Mob, like he'll tell him like, yo man, Ben sent me this picture. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, sure. And I'll deny it. And then it just drives him fucking crazy because they don't believe him and they just think he's crazy. But nah, man, you know, they became tight on their own. I don't even know like how it it just just randomly again. I'm, I'm friends with them totally separately and, and um. It, uh, yeah, they're just, they're really boys, genuinely. All right, last question. Um, Michael Farkas writes fan questions. Hey, Ben, I just wanted to thank your producers for choosing my questions and even answering them. I always had things I wanted to ask, and there's no better opportunity to go to than behind the baller. I'm a junior in college, and for one of my courses, our teacher wants us to conduct an interview with someone regarding what does it mean to live the good life. I've listened to your show since the first episode and just hearing your stories from childhood to now, I can't think of anyone more interesting and qualified to ask that question. You have a beautiful family and I've worked hard to get where you are. Your overnight success was years in the making. I appreciate your sharing your wisdom with the world and trying to give some positivity in these chaotic times. If you'd be interested, I really appreciate it. Um, I mean, yeah, man. I mean, if you want to just do it through email, that'd be easiest. I think you could hit up, obviously, Behind the baller at Gmail, or is it behind the baller pod? Fuck, man, I think it's behind the baller pod at gmail.com. I'm sorry, man, I don't, I don't run the email account, but yeah, man, I appreciate it. You could definitely do that, and I don't even know what the fuck does that mean to live the good life. I mean, you know what? I'll answer the best as I can, honestly, because I just, you know, 
it's such a broad question but yo that is it for fan questions i appreciate it we're gonna get into this outro and uh miles hit me with some of that ll please Yo, 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 we are back and uh, we're about to close this show out. Um, before we get into any sports, entertainment, any kind of talk like that, I just got to give a shout out to my boy John Monopoly. Anybody who was a big fan of hip hop, or I should say, if you're a big fan of Kanye West, you should obviously know who John Monopoly is. He is Kanye's manager. And uh, up to, you know, he finally got his first Grammy. And even after that, I think John is running with him now. John is a good dude. I just want to say what's up to John because I'm going to have him on the show. I want to interview John for the pod for a while now, and I just haven't had time. But now that we can do this remotely over the phone, um, I'm going to hit John up and get him on the show. We had talked this weekend about some other shit, but uh, John is a solid dude. Let's get into some motherfucking sports. Yo, Dodgers are kicking ass. I don't want to hear shit. We are tapping that motherfucking ass. So that's that's the end of the story there. Boom. Appreciate that motherfucking Kobe tribute with the jerseys and fucking, man, belly hitting that homer and just winning again the W. Just, man, yo, obviously talking to my boy Jock. Uh, man, bro, I need to see more fucking action out of you, Jock, baby. And uh, done with the Dodgers, man. Look, Seattle Seahawks, yo, we are looking good. And uh, there's not much NFL talk until I figure out what's going to happen in the next 48 hours. Jadavian Clowney said he is going to figure out and make a decision. Motherfucker, what the fuck is you doing, bro? Like, come on, bro. You have a better chance going to Super Bowl with us than anybody else that's interested. That is a fucking fact. That is a legitimate fact. You can legitimately help us, and we can help you get to the Super Bowl. And with that said, Earl Thomas, you know, bro, you OGLOB, you talented as a motherfucker. If you didn't flip off fucking, uh, you know, Pete Carroll... I think you'd have a place back in, you know, but I think that you would obviously, you wouldn't start in a, our new a defensive backfield. But, um, you know, bro, you know, there's chicks that complain about dudes all the time and they'll say shit and they'll, they'll, they'll be like, man, fuck this dude, boom. And, you know, you'll see a girl who dated five guys and they'll be like, yo, man, ain't shit, you know, and this guy, this, you know, if you were in a somewhat serious relationship with, you know, these different people and you're like, this guy, oh, is this person's a problem, this person's a problem. You got to seriously look at maybe yourself and see, you know, where, where the problem really, really lies. And Earl, bro, I get it, man. You had, you know, you had a little spat with your, you know, your teammate and everything else. And also posting the fucking video of the practice. That was fucking, that wasn't really smart and whatever else. But I don't know, man. You know, I don't wish, what, you know, hate on anybody or a bad situation. But it's just fucking unfortunate, man. It's just a fucking weird, weird ass fucking thing for Earl Thomas, man. But yeah, Jadavian, bro, sign with the motherfucking Seahawks or just get the fuck out of here, man. This is some bullshit. Football's done. Basketball. Believe it or not, before we even get into the motherfucking Lakers talk, man, yo, I told you guys on Twitter and Instagram two years ago that Paul George is a motherfucking bust in the playoffs, right? When he was at OKC, bust. My father-in-law's a huge OKC fan. All right, he followed them after the Sonics. A lot of people were like 50-50. Some people are like, fuck the you know, OKC. And then other people are like, you know, fuck it. We're going to rock with OKC because that's where the Sonics are. 
And uh, my father-in-law, obviously being huge, all Seattle sports fans, <laughs> he's listening to this right now thinking like, fuck, man. But Paul George, I knew he was a bust. When he was supposed to come to the Lakers, he'd play all that bullshit like, oh, man, he's a fucking Laker fan all my life, blah, blah, whatever. Bro, you know what, dog? You're from Palmdale, homie. I don't want to hear shit from you, dog. You're from the 661, homie. You are not from L.A. You are not 323-213-310. But anyways, you a bust. And, uh, you know, I think the Clippers, man, it'd be fucking amazing if they don't fucking make it out of this first round. Be fucking hilarious, man. Um, Lou Will, everyone, man, they just on some, I don't know what the fuck it is. Kawhi, everybody, man, they just, I don't know, man. And fuck the Clippers anyway. Uh, next up, man, real quick. Luka Doncic is a motherfucker. Luca is a bitch. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. One of my employees, Pat, at IF and Co., he's from Dallas. He's a big everything Dallas fan. Well, I mean, he's a big Cowboys fan. He's a big Mavericks fan. He's been talking about Luca since his rookie year. I always say, okay, no, Luca's dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you know, he ain't fucking Porzingis. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're, gonna, be a, they're gonna be beasts together, but he ain't Porzingis. And I'm like thinking, like, okay, Porzingis is a bad motherfucker. But Luca is a whole different fucking animal and you know what seth is i never really gave seth his propers i gotta give seth his flowers man they busted some ass man but luca is a fucking beast man he really showed yesterday that mamba mentality that ice vein shit and everything man yo to see pandemic p pg 13 percent trend do you know that's a class that's that's world-class humor. That's A1 humor. PG-13 percent. Yo, man. Just <laughs> that shit is fucking crazy. Um, so now to talk about the Lakers, man. I knew that they were going to come back in game two and smack that motherfucking ass. I knew they had to, and they routed them. It was a straight wash. It was They just washed the motherfuckers. And, you know, like... Be honest with you, like it wasn't like LeBron crushed it that game, whatever, but they washed him. Uh Saturday, they played and they were starting to piss me off. And then, you know, fourth quarter. And let me tell you something. We got that W playing like shit. All right. And be like, oh, well, Dame, listen, man, doesn't Dame didn't play good because our defense was was on it. All right. This motherfucker Caruso was playing D. Yo, even fucking Danny Green was playing D. I don't want to hear no shit about him having headaches and all that bullshit. But we put the smack down. I do, and I always, always thought, I said, man, I, you know, I think Portland's going to be tough. It's going to be a nightmare, but at the same time, they're tough. Dame time. And be like, okay, great. It's going to show up in game four. You know what, bro? I, who cares? I, I don't think, you know, if there's good defense, how do you show up? And now the thing is, that's what makes you a great player is when it doesn't matter if you have fucking three hands in front of you, you bust an ass. He was missing open shots and everything else from the fucking NBA logo. Blah. No, bro. No. So we'll see what the fuck happens. I think Lakers uh, got this round. I ain't tripping on this round. Tell you the truth, man. It's just a weird fucking thing. I, I, we'll see. So weird. It's, it's just weird. I don't really care about the East so much. I've been paying attention. I know Boston's whooping that ass, but like, it's just weird. I don't like how Toronto's winning like this too. It's just fuck that shit's and I'm low key being a hater, but I don't know. I don't think this year th that whole shit last year with the fucking um with the Warriors is just fucking. I don't know, man. It's just fucking weird. I don't think that they're going to fucking come out. I don't think the Warriors are going to do shit for a while. That's just me personally. I don't, really don't. Next year, they ain't doing shit. The year after, I don't know. Um, the lottery situation, I can't believe the Knicks got so fucking screwed. I just, I want the Knicks to be good. 
and and I'm not a Knicks fan, but I, you know, I, I just want New York to have a fucking good fucking basketball team. I feel so bad for their fucking fandom. It just fucking sucks. I feel bad for fucking Mike Rapport and fucking Jordan Winters. Like, I just feel bad, man. The fucking Knicks should have a good team. Anyways, man, yeah, Lakers are going to do their fucking thing, and I, and I just can't fucking wait. Um, my boy Vegas Dave has broken every single world record when it comes to baseball cards now. He sold his Mike Trout fucking Super Fractor card for $3.9 million. It was a little more than I said it was. It was three point nine on my Instagram. 3.9. This motherfucker sold a piece of cardboard for $4 million. And um, he paid 400000 for it. So he made $3.5 million in profit. Dave, I'm not mad at you. Straight up. All right? And I know people have a lot of negative shit to say about my boy Dave. And uh, it's not about that. Oh, why? Well, he never did nothing wrong with me. Look, unless y'all come with some stories that he fucked your mom in the ass or he punched your sister in the mouth or something like that, whatever, boom. Look, Dude sells picks. He's not forcing anybody. Motherfuckers want to win some money, boom, here and there. I got personal friends who listen to this show, and they tell me straight up, you know, man, I've picked, you know, um, some of Dave's picks, and, and they've been good. And, you know, it's like just, uh, it is what it is, you know, it is what it is. And with that said, now that we're talking about the hobby, look, man, I appreciate it. We just had the Cal Ripken, um, you know, uh, um, autograph sale on my bbdtc.com. The release on Friday the one of 50 sold out in about three or four minutes. I had to relist one because by accident I had 49 for sale, not 50. And then um, the uh, the friends and family sold out in one minute, which is crazy. Uh, I'm not going to really sell friends and families here and there, but there's sometimes I have one for sale. And, and one of my buddies wanted to buy one. This password protected anyway. You have to email card at gmail.com in order to get a password to buy a friends and family because they're generally up between two and three thousand dollars, and um, my one of ten Cal Ripken, it took like twenty three minutes to sell out. Now to me, that's that's a long time, and I'm not saying this because the market's going whatever. And it's I get it soft. My Tony Gwynn sold seventy two hundred uh, cards. Print was like seventy two forty something, whatever, or seventy two twenty. I forgot what the fuck it was, but that doesn't mean anything when you know the average print runs are you know below three thousand. I'm still gonna always do my thing, and now. With that said, if you bought a Tony Gwynn card from Tops.com, if you bought 10, you bought 5, you bought 60, you bought 1, next week, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, next week, I'm sorry. I'm thinking this week is, is, is I'm gone on vacation. Next week, I am going to ask you guys to go on Twitter or go on Instagram stories and send me a picture of your purchase email, and it'll show, boom, right there, you bought Tony Gwynn. I will see. I can cross-reference it with Tops to make sure you did. Boom. And I'm going to do a raffle. It's it's honestly, to tell you the truth, no matter how many people follow me and how many people bought cards and whatever, there's not going to be a ton of competition. So I'm going to give away a gold Cuban chain. I will let you choose between white gold or yellow gold. It'll be 14 karat. It's going to be a cool little Cuban. You know, it's not going to be anything fucking, you know, it's not going to be no $10,000 chain, but it's going to be a cool ass necklace. That uh, I have people that buy those all day long on the website, and uh, it's a free fucking chain. You know, I hope you wear it, and I'm gonna be giving that away. And all you gotta do is just show me a purchase uh, from Tony Gwynn. Um, it's not gonna work for eBay and anything else. It's gonna be has to be a Tops.com purchase. Number one, number two, um, I will be giving away a gold chain for every single card until the rest of these cards are done. All right. 
And um, with that said, I have, uh, I think I have Bob Gibson next. There's a little bit of a weird thing with um, with my scheduling right now because uh, I had to change some things out because of where the market is with, with the cards and Project 2020 overall. But um, let me go back real quick. Thank you very much to everyone who bought an autograph. That I'm very, very grateful for you guys buying autographs cards. It means a lot. It is meant to go to collectors. Yes, for a point in time, it was definitely a hustle and you know, you get some paper off it. And of course, you know, you could flip one of fifties because the, the price is low and everything else. And but for the most part, this is a long term, you know, this is something where these are being graded, these are being, you know, authenticated by Beckett, by BGS. This is respected in certain things. So, you know, I want you guys to understand too. If you're looking just to make money and anything else, man, you know, I can't tell you that everything is guaranteed because you obviously see where things are weird. Now, again, Vegas Dave bought a $400,000 card and he thought that Mike Trout was going to be, you know, he thinks he's the greatest player in the, in, in the major leagues. And yeah, Mike is. He's one of the best players ever to play baseball. And, um, you know, who could have ever thought that those cards would be going for that much money? Now, with that said, I do see a change coming sometime because... You know, Golden Auctions, who sold his first card for $900,000 and then this card for almost $4 million, he, you know, they reached out to me and they're like, hey, man, you know, you got, I know you got some, the 101 um, Mike Trout and you got some other ones, APs, things like that. You know, we should sell them because I know we have a huge market that would buy that stuff. So, you know, that's what's going to happen. And especially with my autograph, they're saying it's obviously worth more because of what I'm doing with this project. So I'm going to be doing giveaways. Um... Obviously, you know, the hot players, Mike Trout's the only one that's current in the Project 2020. And um, I just want you to know, with every card that I do now, I'm going to give away a chain, like I said, right? But what I want you to understand is you don't have to wait six weeks, eight weeks for the cards to get to you. I'm going to do the chain giveaway within the first week, two weeks. The only reason why I'm doing it next week is because I'm out of town this week. So I'm going to give away the chains and it just gives you more incentive. It makes it more fun. You put a $20 investment, now boom, look, you have a one in a couple thousand chance to win a fucking chain. How could you, you know, you know, how bad are those odds? It's better than a lottery, way better than a lottery, way better than a scratch it or scratch off, whatever the fuck it's called. And um, with that said, with my final card, which will be Ken Griffey Jr., I'm going to make a sick iced out Seattle Mariners logo. It's going to be the Seattle Mariners S the S, the, the logo that, you know, that they're rocking when um, when Griffey was playing. And it's going to be fucking sick as a motherfucker. I haven't figured out if I'm going to do a white gold or yellow gold, but it should be white gold because that's what the logo is on the, the hat and on the uniform. So I'm going to be doing that. That's going to be going off to auction. I think, not auction, I'm sorry, as a raffle. I don't think I'm going to have that handled by tops like how I did this cheater chain because i rather pick them out and it just gets faster. It's in real time. It makes things, you know, better and uh for every card you buy you'll have a better chance so it's better incentive than just you know doing it like on the top's website for the, the Derek jeter speaking of jeter that's shipping next and uh with the jeter card uh obviously his autos or my autos are going to be worth more they're going to be going for more money because jeter will be the expensive most expensive out of the set because of the popularity of Derek jeter and and the rarity and everything else and boom but um, as, as well as Mike Trout did, and as well as Griffey, those would be my three top three. Obviously, that's the, the triangle right there. The Derek Jeter card should be shipping soon. Like I'm talking about in the next couple of weeks, they're catching up. And after that, 
Again, that bottleneck, that clog will be gone and cards will be coming faster and this project will be moving a lot better. So I want you guys to know that. Now, as for this week, there will be a special release either Friday, this Friday, or next Monday. I know I don't do releases on Monday, but I'm aiming for this Friday. I'm going to drop my Blake Jameson, Mike Trout collab card autograph. It is the first collab and tops project 2020 and it is going to be a dual auto i signed the card he signed the card it's just about timing now and on top of that i'm going to be selling a couple one-on-ones like i mentioned before i um sold some toys gonna to be selling random shit here and there doing giveaways all this stuff i'm gonna be doing some giveaways on this show here not this episode but i believe the next episode i'm gonna be giving away autograph card and shit like that but i just needed to take some time off and just fucking this week is the, you know, before the kids go to school, I really needed to fucking get this shit cracking. All right. And that is it for the hobby. Sorry to disappoint you guys. As far as entertainment, um, I saw the new trailer for Batman. And I'm not a big Robert Pattinson fan, but, but it looks fucking good. I'm not gonna lie to you. That shit looks motherfucking good. So the reason why I apologize is because Chrissy Teigen, who's kind of an acquaintance of mine, she's talking about Selling Sunset. My wife would watch every fucking season of this show, and I've watched now two seasons of this show, and I'm not going to lie to you. This is trash television, addicting trash television. This is like the modern-day Hills. I've never watched The Hills, but I remember watching a, a 30 seconds of one episode early, early on. And then, or was it Laguna? I forgot what the fuck it was called. And then the hills came out. I was like, oh shit, this is like current, like MySpace, blah, blah, whatever. And I was like, okay, boom, I get it. And again, I'm not hating because I have friends who are on the show. Selling Sunset is 100% fucking LA, not necessarily total douchebag. I don't know what the fuck you would call a female douchebag. But think of a female douchebag. And this is just like, it is so fucking LA. And it's just fucking crazy, but it's it's like not train wrecks, but it's like it's just girly, catty, whatever. Boom! But it's interesting because I see, you know, I look at the real estate game heavy in LA, um, mostly in San Francisco, but I watch it, and it's like these girls. You got these dudes, the Oppenheim brothers, they're twin brothers. They're like five foot four, five five, and all these girls are like five eight, five eleven. You know, blonde, fake titties, whatever. And the funniest thing about this show is all these girls. That work on this that work for this company and work on and on the show. Not one of them is an LA native. They're all from out of fucking state and everything else. And they talk all that shit like, and it's so fucking funny. Like, bitch, you ain't from here. Like that shit cracks me the fuck up. And there was a scene where I got fucking a little highly like offended. They talked about like one of the neighborhoods I lived in. And um they basically run all that sunset strip. Property, Sunset Plaza, Doheny, by the Bird Streets, even maybe like a little bit of Mount Olympus. And if you guys know LA, like the Hollywood Hills, they run that area, right? Which is cool. You know what? And they base it on like, all right, well, we don't really want to, we don't really sell to families and blah, blah. We're selling to bachelors and rich people successful. This one, at the end of the day, though, man, because I, I know I'm partial because I'm a dad and I'm a father, I'm a parent, I'm a husband, you know, and, and I'm a family man. It's like you should always, even in the Hollywood Hills, like you should always try to, and again, not everyone is fucking single. Not everyone has kids. I get it. But it's just the way that they market the show. It's it's good though. They had a they have a hit show and um they're talking shit about Los Feliz. 
that was my issue. And I, saw, I was like, come on, man. That was like the last straw with it. And they're just like, oh, well, this is not really my area. You know, we're like, we hoe. Like, let me put you up on game. Los Feliz is way fucking cooler than fucking West Hollywood. Just off top, straight up. Now, again, you know, when I first started working in Hollywood at Denzel's restaurant, one of the owners and the manager of the, of the nightclub bar, I mean, it's the bar restaurant, his name is John Long. And uh, he lived in Venice Beach. And uh, it was weird. He had a place kind of like um, by the canal and like he wasn't far from the beach. And uh, I was like, damn, why the fuck you live out here? He goes, bro, look, man. And this is in 95. And he was like, you don't want to wake up one day and, and, you know, wake up and be in Hollywood. You'll be fucking depressed. I never understood that. And uh, I was broke as fuck at the time. And it just hit me when it comes later in life. You're like, all right, well, you know, where do you live then? Because you start to realize, like, you don't want to fucking live. Like, uh, damn, man, it's hard to say this without fucking up my friends' addresses and, and saying where people live. But, like, even, like, look, I'm not saying to move to Calabasas because if it came between Hollywood Hills and Calabasas, I'm going to choose fucking Hollywood Hills 50 times over Calabasas. I don't give a fuck about the yard or any of that shit. I don't give a fuck what it is. I would never fucking live there. But there are a lot of cool neighborhoods you could live in. Obviously, Beverly Hills and Bel Air is one of them. But um, Los Feliz is a fucking great neighborhood. It is excellent. It's close to Glendale. It's close to, um, obviously, Silver Lake. And a lot of cool foodie shit goes on in Silver Lake. And Atwater and all those areas. Los Feliz is such a fucking dope-ass area to live in. Fucking Angela Jolie has a $26 million house. And, and, and Brad Pitt has a house there. Fucking Leo lived there. A lot of cool fucking people live in Los Feliz. Los Feliz is the shit. That's where a ton of Frank Lloyd Wright houses are. Fucking um, some of the best architecture and mid-century, postmodern mid-century homes are there. And it's just, I, that's probably one of my favorite places in all of Italy to live in, period. But going on, they were talking shit about this. And like one girl, she moves to OC and they all live in, they're just all fucking ditzy and whatever. And it's just, that's what bothered me when they were talking about that. Now, one thing about the show, even though it is super LA, especially if you're going out of nightlife and how nightlife is now for the clubs and Warwick and all that shit and everything, and just like this is not my scene. Again, I'm old and washed up, so you ain't listen to this with the take it with a grain of salt. But you know, there's this girl on the show named Mary, and she's like 38 years old, and she's dating a dude who's 25, and she has a 21 year old son, and it's like they're arguing about certain shit, and it's like, look, man, I was like, let me talk about this on the show. I get it. You want to have a cougar or whatever, boom, here and there. But if you're talking about real life situations, it's always going to be a problem if a girl is older than a guy. No matter how fucking mature a dude is, period. Just the way of the world. Look, man, women are further more mature than men in general. They're further more advanced in relationships and things like that. You could fucking date a fucking virgin, you know, who's 18 years old. And she's going to figure it out and just know how to deal with certain things better off instinct. All right. Girls in general should only date guys that are at least six, seven years older than them. 10 years doesn't fucking matter. Obviously, I'm 11 years older than Nicolette. Right. But girls should not date men their age or a little older. Definitely don't fucking date guys younger than them. They have nothing to fucking talk about. Now, this dude is a model, blah, blah, whatever. He seems like he's cool and whatever, and I don't want to judge it. But, you know, again, you know, you fall into that problem where you got a girl whose biological time, you know, clock is, is ticking. And, you know, 
after 34, a woman is considered high risk. And now you're going to make, you know, your baby could go through issues with Down syndrome and autism and all kinds of other things. And this is, this is facts. You know, you're going to freeze your eggs. 34 is young, right? If you're like, damn, but like at 38, 37, you know, you're, you're really falling into risk. Do you want to have more kids? What do you want to do? Do you want to start a family? You got to figure all that shit out. And it's a lot harder for girls. So now me, even though having my first kid at 39 and having another kid at 44 wasn't my ideal situation. It's the cards that were dealt. And I, and I, you know, I made a motherfucking, you know, a straight flush come out of that as I should. You know, I don't wait for the motherfucking river and the fucking flop. And all that. I was like, fuck this. I'm going all the way out. I'm going all in and we're going to make the situation uh, platinum. So going on, I never dated a girl my age. Now, did I fuck a chick or did we have sex? Yes. Did I date all the women here and there? Boom. Yes. It was nothing serious. But I see dudes, young studs, six packs, you know what I'm saying? Do this or whatever. Good looking dudes can fuck all day long, whatever. They're 18, 19 year olds, whatever. And it's like, when I was like in my late thirties, before I'd met, met Nicolette, I was like, I would think like, wait a second, I'll run circles around these fucking young dudes. And it's the truth. You sometimes you wonder, like you'll see a chick who's super hot and she was the older dude. Yes, there's security and everything else. But at the same time, you, you'll see a chick fuck with a dude who has a beer belly and a, or a dad bod and, you know, cheat on her boyfriend who has a six pack and everything else and is cool, is hip, whatever. It's just a different thing with age and experience and just knowing how to talk to a woman, knowing how, how to treat a woman and things like that. Man, of course I'm married, so it's different, but I'm talking about when I see these dudes now, just some of these guys who are not taking a shower, they don't smell, care about, you know, I know I talk about like just dressing a certain way. I'm not trying to catch anybody. I'm not trying to, I have a different way of, you know, looking successful because when you pull up in a $1.2 million car and, you know, when you own a fucking $5 million house and when you have other things and when you have a fucking, you know, quarter million dollar watch on your, on your wrist and you certain things, you didn't get those. Look at, man, again, there's no payment plans on some of the things that I have. You know, it's like, it's just not, that's not how, you know, people live. But that's like a whole other thing. When you see somebody married, getting married is not cheap. All right, having kids ain't cheap. Yes, there's people who do it from every single different financial background, right? And uh, different classes and all that stuff and everything. But in general, a woman is seeking someone who can teach them something, who has more knowledge and shit like that. So, you know, it's just, I, I just always laugh, man, when I see young dudes like, oh man, this motherfucker's 30, he's old, or 35, he's old, boom. But look, man, you're gonna start to realize that in general, may not go for everyone, but older people have wisdom. They didn't get old by being stupid. Yes, I've taken a lot of risks in my life, but I have a lot of great stories to tell after that. And obviously I have some great experiences and I also have a ton of accolades from all the experiences. But anyways, the show Selling Sunset is trash TV. It's very addicting. And uh, fuck you, Chrissy Teigen, for fucking having me watch that bullshit-ass show. Um, real quick, man. Uh, yesterday, I hit Malibu Cars and Coffee. I have not been there in five fucking years. Or I'm, I'm trying to think the last time I hit, like really actually hit Cars and Coffee at the Country Mart. It's been a long fucking time. It's, it might have been like, it might have been maybe three years, four years. But anyways, I took the Senate to Malibu fucking smashed 
you know, the only thing that sucks is again is getting the hundred octane gas. So I figured um, I'm gonna buy some gas cans. VP Racing makes five gallon cans. Probably gonna make buy three five gallon uh, cans, and so I have 15 gallons on deck all the time. Take the Trackhawk over there and fill them up. So I gotta make that fucking 25 minute drive to the gas stations. And uh, anyways, hit the octane hundred octane. Met up with the homie, and then I met up with another homie. Uh, Alejandro, aka Salamandrin, who's been on the show, very big car YouTuber. We smashed over to Malibu and uh, shut it down. The center was fucking, it was just, it shut it down. There was a 918 there, there was a Ford GT there, and there was even another center there that dude bought after me, and I seen it at the dealer. And uh, his old man, everyone flocked to the fucking, to the Black Mamba, the Katon Destroyer 8. They, they went out there on motherfucking Mamba's birthday, and uh, it was dope. It felt great. Hung out, chilled, got some coffee, kicked it. Everyone was social distancing. And, um, you know, when it was time to leave, I shook out, jumped into Malibu Canyon and just enjoyed the drive. It's so tight. It just handles so fucking amazing. And then as I was driving, you know, through Malibu Canyon, you'll usually see like some motorcycles, you see some exotics. I saw like two different convoys of like crazy exotic cars. One of them ended up being my boy, Quintani, who um, I'm thinking about having him build some cat deletes, some cat bypass pipes for the for the center to add a little bit of sound to it. But yo, man, I was rolling and motherfuckers just look at the car different. And like I said, I jump on the one-on-one before I, you know, head back to the crib and I smashed down the one-on-one, hit this pocket. It was like, whoosh, man, like it was 145, 150 don't feel like nothing. It really feels safe. But now with one of my boys getting an accident and just me thinking about Kobe and shit and everything else, I was being paranoid. I was like, yo, man, you know, they always say um, race car drivers in F1 who have kids or NASCAR, they lose like a second or two off their track time because, you know, they're thinking about their kids, right? And it's... They, they drive different, you know, so I don't know, man. Anyways, look, man, I want to get out of here. And uh, that is a fucking long episode. Weekend wrap up. You guys deserve it. And uh, like I said, I'm out of town. I'm going to be recording uh, live and direct from San Diego, California this week. And uh, I just wanted to say something real quick. If I don't know who you are, like you're somebody popular on whether YouTube, you got 5 million followers, 800,000 followers, 2 million followers. If I don't know who you are, if I don't know your brand is, that doesn't mean very much these days, especially. Okay. I'm washed up. I'm really self-obsessed with my, with what's going on with me and my circle and everything. If I don't know you, don't be offended. That does not mean much. And that's because I met some people at the Cars and Coffee, had no idea who the fuck they were. Look, man, people don't know who the fuck I am. Again, don't be offended. But what you need to do is realize that this is not your practice life. That is episode 109. I appreciate all you guys listening. Please tell somebody to tell somebody to subscribe to Behind the Parlor Podcast. Yo, big shout out to the Dust Brothers. They be putting in that motherfucking work. If you got a podcast and you want it to be done right, for real, for real, hit up DBP. All right, y'all. We are out of here. I love you guys. Yo, Lakey Lake, a.k.a. at Lakey Inspired. You already know, bro. Take us home, homie. All right, peace.